on tonight's episode, we light the moon. Can't think it can be done. From its parts, we'll make a raft, and with it, we'll pick up Claude and the Phantom as they bicker over who's real and who isn't. All of this and more on Indie Game Riot. Everybody, I am Josh, joined once again by Eric Hunter, to my right, and no one underneath, because that's where the news goes. If you're new to this channel, why are you here? I'm sorry. Just kidding. You'd uh, be very disappointed. Thanks to everyone who's watching live, and of course, uh, if you're watching this uh, recorded version, you can always watch this live on Twitch every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, unless Eric has something uh, with his family, because... Ooh, it was family. a friend? Uh, oh, a yeah. friend. Yeah, from out of town. You don't have friends. Let's get real. I, I have a handful. Well, your hand doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> Say that See to Jill, I... right? What? Jill? Are... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> how's your how's your, how's your your past couple of weeks been going? Good. Uneventful. Yeah? It's been uneventful. No, I've been... I watched uh, Solo. I saw Solo. Uh, were you dis? I, I've seen the majority of people were disappointed. Uh, a couple of people enjoyed it immensely. I enjoyed it. Um, it's not a Star Wars movie, but it's it says Solo, like a, a Star Wars story. story. Correct. That's not a Star Wars movie. Big difference. Oh, excuse me. Um, it's just it's. I mean, if you took Solo out of it and you changed the name, it would just be a like a action sci-fi film, okay, which I'm all for. So is that, I enjoyed it. Well, I guess. You, so, what do you consider Star Wars to be a drama? No, I, I consider Star Wars of like lightsabers and the Force and you know the battle of good and evil. Okay, there's none of that in this movie. It's basically just I mean all that was bad all the time. That was pretty much the same thing with uh, Rogue One, wasn't it? There wasn't any Jedi shit in that, was it? Uh, I saw it on a plane, I mean, so there I was a big Darth Vader scene. That's not, I guess. Forget that. Um, you know, and then just the whole, we're doing this for the the rebellion to fight back against the suppressive empire. Well, if anyone uh, out there is a fan of Star Wars, send your hate mail to <laughs> Eric. I will Ron. debate yeah. you, uh, man. If Rev debater. if Rev was here, uh, he would debate the shit out of that with you. Good. He actually enjoyed Solo a lot. Did not like the new actual Star Wars movie. Um, the the Last Jedi, I did not uh, enjoy. I like it more the more I watch it. I will say that it has probably some of the best scenes in the entire franchise, and it also has the worst scenes in the entire franchise. So, how do you feel about uh, Mark Hamill not not wanting it to be the way it was? Uh, I understand why, and I feel like at the end of the day, it'll still be an argument of, is this, 10 or 15 years from now, the debate will be, is Last Jedi the greatest Star Wars film? 
And the answer will end up being yes, because people are stupid. Okay. Man. I'm so glad I put this hate mail at Eric to any Eric at IndieGameRiot.com on, on the thing, because uh, you're going to get a lot. There you go. Other than that, um, just, you know, E3's going on, so I've been kind of poking in and out of that. Yeah, I uh, I only caught the Bethesda thing. Other than that, I've just kind of got caught up in some yeah, Bethesda news articles. Yeah, okay. It was... Yeah. <laughs> I watch it, I mean, every year... I mean, I guess it's true for a lot of people. Every year, just watch for the fucking cringe. Uh, EA's, from what I've... I've seen clips of EA, and from what I've heard, EA was absolutely god-awful. It was a um, joke. Like, they were, they would wait on stage for people to applaud, and nobody yeah, would applaud. Yeah, and uh, I came in to Bethesda when there was a, some guy talking to a tall guy with an accent and a beard and long hair. Um, I don't remember the names. But they were talking about Rage 2. Oh, yeah. Which, okay. actually, I'm excited about, because I really enjoyed the first one, but... Um, it's not going to be anything like it, just so you know. Yeah, it didn't look like it. Nope. I was, was a little. It's, uh, they probably don't even have the card game in there anymore. I really like that card game. Well, the rumor is is that uh, they were making a Mad Max game, and then that went into litigation in terms of who actually owned the copyright. So instead of trashing it, they just pushed it over and made a Rage game. Oh god. Yeah. Well, so that's great. Didn't I mean they already made a Mad Max game? Someone did. Yeah, again, they're going to make another one. Um, Oh boy! Because that's that's what AAA developers do. They make sequels. <sighs> a lot of cool stuff. Because we've though. got what Gears Five. Did you catch Halo any of the Six. Devolver Digital gaming in indie? I did. Um, it, I don't think their presentation was as good as last year. Um, just because last year was kind of new and exciting, and this year was like we were expecting. I was expecting something ridiculous, and it was a bit tongue and too much tongue in cheek for me. Um, I like her. I always forget what her name is, though. Um, whoever the spokesperson is. I She's The spokesperson great. is supposed to be Fork Parker. Quote, quote, Fork Parker. Mm, I don't remember. Are you, I mean, you're talking about the person that was presenting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But, like, the figurehead is... The guy's oh, name no, is like yeah, Fork no, Parker. I'm talking about the presenter. Okay. She's great. She's top-notch. Whatever they're paying her, they should double it. Like She's, she's just great overall. Someone's got um, a crush. There's, there wasn't anything they showed that I didn't already know about or had seen, which I guess is just what happens, you know, especially with any games, you're probably better off showcasing everything from concept to finished product rather than waiting until the end of the game's done. I, I asked what remote. people thought in the Discord. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, <laughs> people were... I, we have some of the most curmudgeon <laughs> viewership no, it's just the community uh, the i guess story. that's true but they like uh, but because because we have a lot of devs that watch us sure uh there's just a lot of bitterness towards indies who are successful yeah or not calling them indie. in general yeah they're not calling them indie anymore and i guess i mean you can argue either way we always do it's always a discussion but <laughs> i mean devolver is pretty indie i mean it's a publisher obviously but Sure. Uh, they're just a very successful indie publisher. Um, yeah, the way they do it is right. Double like they, Fine is always on the line, but I, I mean, we don't really talk about their games anymore because of that. But I don't know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And and they announced some. Uh, I think there was a some Xbox Live games that they were announcing that were indie and stuff like that coming yeah. out. So I mean, there's always just because it's going to a big con does not make it. Yeah, I mean, God, not the, indie. Devolver started out as a 
as a tent in the parking lot because they weren't allowed inside E3. I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, they, they have humble beginnings whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. well, it was it's fun though. I like watching that stuff because it's either one or the other. It's either super amazing, like oh wow, this is great, or it's like this is just cringeworthy. Like why? Who thought this was a good idea? Sometimes it's kind of funny though. I guess so, like I don't. I don't personally enjoy cringe. I it may, I don't like the oh, feeling. Come on, sure you do. I don't like the feeling, but that said, sometimes like watching EA flounder, a company that is yeah. you know evil, the multi-trillion uh, dollar company. I I do enjoy that in particular. Um, I have you? been. Uh, my kids have gotten out of school, so they're home now for good. We yeah. did go to uh, Hershey Park. Have you ever been to Hershey Park? I have never been to Pennsylvania. You live right next door. You've never been this way. Do you want to have this conversation again? Anyway, uh, Hershey Park. Do you know what Hershey Park is? Do I know what it is or where it is? What it is. I mean, you better know where it is, obviously. I'm going to assume it's in Hershey, uh, Pennsylvania. I'm going to guess Hershey Park is probably just a terrible amusement park based on Hershey chocolate. I mean, yeah, basically. Uh, but it's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so says so says you. I mean, I mean, what you got? Six Flags, right? That's about it. Well, we have Kings Island up the road from us. Oh yeah, that, that's in uh, Cincinnati, isn't it? Yeah, forgot about that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, we spent like a whole day at Hershey Park, and that oh. was a good time with my family and uh, also my 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 grandmother and aunt uh, took me. It take my family every year, so we got to interesting combo. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to go into it. It's, it's it makes sense if I were to explain it, but I'm not. So, um, just write it down on a piece of paper. I've been like, like a Venn diagram or something. You know, since I spent the whole day like on rides, spinning around and flipping around and all that sort of stuff for like the past few days, my head has been like still adjusting the equilibrium. Swimming, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Like, it's not like I'm dizzy, but, like, everything is just kind of, like, I don't know, like, just floating. Blurred at the edges. Yeah. It's been uh, <laughs> been really strange. It's funny. Yeah. So, uh, that was a good time. We My kids even won some, some stuff at a game. Roller coasters? Do they have roller coasters? Mm-hmm. They have, like, favorite roller coaster. What does it go? They have a ton of roller coasters. My favorite roller coaster? Sure. Currently, it is Storm Runner. Um, Storm Runner. It's a, it's a roller coaster that... Uh, it's not a particularly long roller coaster, but I it builds up anticipation because it'll like scoot you out slowly from the from the uh, place that you get on, and you'll sit there for like a thing, and then it'll say, "Get ready, here we go," and it'll just like blast you, oh, that's cool. uh, super fast uh, from a from a dead stop, uh, and you just go through it flying. Uh, it's probably the fastest one they have. Um, I got stats. You want some stats? Yeah, sure. So the the cost was twelve point five million dollars to build. Yeah, that's amazing for a storm runner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, height is one hundred and fifty feet. Drop is one hundred and eighty. Uh, Seventy five miles per hour. Uh, max vertical angle is ninety degrees. That's cool. Well, they there is actually a uh, it's called Sky Rush. Um, I don't like it because it holds you in by your thighs. Uh, oh, creepy! And and it, it first of all it hurts. Yeah. Uh, I well, mean, I'm I not the like smallest person. The but then, yeah, but then I feel like I'm gonna fling out. 
uh, and I don't particularly like that feeling, and um, which is the reason I don't ride the, another one called the Wild Mouse. It, like, it's one of those that like whips you around a corner and it looks like you're going to fall off the edge. But anyway, uh, Sky Rush literally takes you up at a completely 90-degree vertical angle uh, and then drops you at another 90-degree vertical angle and goes wow. through like that. Um, is that Skyrush? No, that's Fahrenheit. I'm thinking of a different one. Fahrenheit does that. Skyrush still holds you in by your thighs, but it's Fahrenheit that takes you up that, at that crazy angle. That's what it's called. Um, but yeah, they have a they have a shit ton of roller coasters. Um, all over. It the goes place. zero to seventy two miles per hour in two seconds. Yeah, it's pretty that cool. That is awesome. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one. Um, they did just come out with a new one. Uh, it's a it's a water coaster, so it's basically Ooh. like a water slide, but it's 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 using magnetic something or other, sure. um, to hold and to not to propel you, but also to like hold it down so you're going fast, like a roller coaster. Um, I see what you mean through a water slide. Yeah. So that's it's pretty cool. I haven't I don't usually I I didn't go on any of the water stuff uh, because it's just a pain. You need like a whole other day. Well, it's like the problem with water slides or water rides in general. Well, they have like a whole water area. Well, if you're not going to the water area, it's like you get wet. And, and then it, if you're wearing jeans, you're just chafing in 35 yeah. minutes throughout well, the rest of the day. And this is a terrible, terrible day. The majority of the rides, you actually have to have a swimsuit now. Um, oh, there, really? there are some that you can just go on. Like there's one called the Tidal Force that just drops you and makes a huge ass wave. Did you um, wear your two piece? I, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, a little skimpy two piece, red polka dot bikini. Um, but uh, I I usually don't go on the water stuff because I just you need it like a whole other day for that, and it's a pain in the ass to have to change in and out and all that sort of stuff. Plus kids, so True. you know someday if I get oh. a season pass, maybe. Anyway, that's been what's going on with me. Anything else you want to talk about? Or are we moving on? No, I think it looks like we're moving on. Time to get a little bit of that. Any news injection? Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an indie news injection. Thanks, indie games. This week on Indie News Injection, very first thing we're going to be talking about, it may be affecting uh, indie devs just a little bit, we'll see, is that Microsoft has bought uh, GitHub. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to put this in the news because I know a lot of you devs use GitHub. Yep. To post codes, uh, your coding and all that sort of stuff up there, and or to use others and that sort of stuff. Uh, do you think? Uh, by the way, it's for seven point five billion dollars. So congratulations to the owners of GitHub. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you win. And anyway, do you think that Microsoft, since they tend to screw up things like Skype and all that sort of stuff that they buy eventually? Um, although I don't, I don't, I haven't, I don't think they've screwed up Minecraft. So that's. A good thing, in my opinion. But anyway, most stuff that Microsoft buys, they tend to screw up. Do you think that this is going to mess with devs that use GitHub? Mm, if, I mean, is it going to screw things up? I don't think it's going to screw things up. I think they're going to put it behind a paywall. That's what they're going to do. Really? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that what they're going to do is they're going to try to find some way. To well, that would like, be screwing things up. <laughs> hey, we know that this is all supposed to be open source and everybody can use whatever, but we're using server space and server space costs money. So it's going to be like 35 bucks a month. Yeah, it costs money and it takes like it takes like 0.001% of our income, well, our profit. The other issue that I was reading about is 
because apparently Google was trying to create their own GitHub where it was just a free open source platform to, to put up code and that kind of thing. And right. then they were unsuccessful and just said, screw it, and went to GitHub. So, um, like, I don't... Because Microsoft bought LinkedIn not too long ago either. So I don't know what their plan is. Like, I know they're trying to infiltrate as many networks as possible. But I, I think they're competing they... with Google, essentially. I mean, like, like the major... You've lost. You can't compete with Google. Like, Google just has Well, Google money. has a lot of failures under their belt, let's be honest. Sure, I mean, but they also have a lot of money. You know, like, they don't have Apple they, money. Well, Google's but... weird because, like, a lot... I mean, they have a lot of money, obviously. But a lot of things that Google does outside of the failures don't... Are, are at a loss. Like, YouTube does not make any money. Like, True. it's it's at a loss. Um... Like, it makes money, but it's not enough to cover profit. It's not, there's no profit. (laughs) Um, So, like, I don't really understand. I mean, I'm not a financial guy. Like, I don't fully understand a lot of that stuff, but it doesn't. I don't either. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. To me, it seems like basically Apple, Microsoft, and and Google, aka Android, are all just competing. Like, the three major companies. They're just fucking. I'm surprised no one's bought Facebook, to be honest. Do you think. Do you think. Facebook is considered the internet in some third world countries. Like you can't access the internet without going through Facebook first. Like they are the internet in some third Like it's world like an countries. internal browser? Well, it's like the old school, like I don't know if you remember the old AOL browsers. Where okay. it's like, oh search AOL term, blah blah blah. Like you weren't on the internet, you were on AOL's internet. That's how it is right. for Facebook. Weird. Like everything's just linked to Facebook ads. But I don't know, I feel like I mean, Facebook hasn't bought... Like, everything that Facebook buys ends up being, like, absorbed into Facebook. Right. Like, it's all done through Facebook like that. Yeah. Whereas everything... Like, whereas Microsoft and Google and, and all them, they... They keep that stuff separate, sort of. Yeah, it's all, like, subsidiary type things. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I would just be weary at the yeah. end of the day because it's like anything else. Microsoft does not have your... Um, your true intentions at heart. Same thing with YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. Like they could give two shits about you or the content that you provide for their platform. They don't have your interests at heart. They're going to do whatever they want to do to prefer- to find profit somewhere. So like, just don't trust anything. At the well, end of the I mean, day. there's always at the very least there's always IndieDB and uh, stuff like that. ModDB that kind of have the same concept. So I mean, yeah. It's not like there's not al- alternatives. Yeah, just don't don't dump everything all together. Just yep. spread spread the love. Uh, you know what we should. You know who else is spreading the love? Man, I'm gonna pull up the notes again because these segues are just taking a dump all over my face. <laughs> Paradox is spreading love to hairbrain oh, okay. schemes because they bought them. Uh, Paradox, who if a lot you lot of acquisitions. Yeah, they bought them for seven point five million. So once again, congratulations, hairbrain schemes owner. Um. Paradox, if you don't know, are the publishers who do a lot of like the four, like really good four X games, Stellaris and uh, Tropico, and I think they do Tropico, um, things like that. A lot of strategy games they do, and Hairbrained Schemes they developed uh, BattleTech and Shadowrun. Um, if you ever played any of those, but uh, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier with E3 and big indie publishers paradox has been one of those can like do you consider paradox indie 
Or are they kind of going the way of, like, double fine? Uh, I, I mean... Because once you start buying other studios, like, I feel like that starts to, you know, I don't become know, corporate. Triple I is what I've heard thrown around a couple of times. Instead of triple A, it's triple I. Triple, well, triple I to me is just a way to say successful. But once you start, like, becoming... Once you start becoming like a like a corporate monster, just devouring smaller things, and I don't know, is that's I don't either. I, the, the whole the whole definition of indie game is gray. Right, yeah, I mean we've covered that, but like I don't know. I mean, I, in the in the grand scheme of things, um, what was it seven point five million dollars? Yeah, 7. that's 5. not a lot of money. For indies, it is. Uh, by whose scale? Uh, majority of indies. Right, but I mean, in the majority of money, that's one angel investor. So I mean, I well, the other thing one is, person to give me seven point five million dollars to buy this company, I'm still indie because I'm one guy doing one thing. I just have a shitload of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's true. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know if I would call them angel. I mean, they. By the way, I should also mention well, I'm that. Sure, it's not. I was, Par- that was just a... Par- Paradox was already uh, Hairbrain Schemes' publisher for Shadowrun. I think it was, or Bat- so, maybe it was for both. Um, so they were like a. They were like a. Um, what's the word? Second party, a third party, but a second party. I guess. Yeah. They, I mean, so they were already financially involved with Hairbrain. Right. Um, it says in May 2017, Hairbrain signed on with Paradox to bring BattleTech to market. So they they published BattleTech. Um, so it seems like either Hairbrain was tired of, their, of dealing with being a company, uh, or they wanted to go in a different direction or whatever. Maybe there was a uh, maybe they signed a weird agreement with Paradox and they wanted yeah, out. Or they could be like, hey, we're yeah, we're done. Just, um, do you want to keep this stuff or we'll sell it to somebody else? Or maybe Paradox just really liked the studio and, and their IPs and they were like, hey, we'll just give you a lot of money for it. I mean, that, maybe that too. But uh, anyway, that's a thing. And uh, maybe that'll make waves in the indie scene. Uh, speaking of making waves. <laughs> yeah, segue's on point, baby. Steam! Uh, another. This particularly had a, a lively discussion in our Discord server. Yeah, this is a great idea. Um, <laughs> uh, Valve says it will stop policing content on Steam. Good. Uh, this comes in response to them um, being wishy-washy with uh, banning certain developers for like uh, porn games and uh, other uh, other. They're called adult visual novels and other <laughs> and uh, and other uh, questionable games. I guess you'd say. Um. Personally, I mean, I I tend to be pretty heavy uh, pro freedom of speech and non censorship. I don't sure. I don't like that. Um, so I I I I like the fact that they're not, especially when it comes to like stuff like that, because you already have like a thing where you know like you have to be this old to view this page on Steam. Right. So what does it matter if someone who's an adult? Uh, wants to view it and sure. you know obviously kids are going to go do it too they're going to lie or whatever but you know at least you've absolved yourself of liability by saying hey you told us you were 18 so 
Um, the only thing that the thing that bothers me at this point, and by the way, for whoever's getting mad, they have the right to do whatever they want. They're a private oh, yeah. company, so I mean, you can't, you, you know, like like uh, censorship. I mean, they're allowed to do it. Um, however, the problem I have as a consumer is that stop policing content on Steam. Will is that going to just take it back to the Stone Ages where it's just going to be a load of shit? I mean, it's already hard as it is as an indie dev to get your game in front of people uh, on Steam. So, is this just is this going to make it harder? Is there just going to be more shit, more more sh- fucking shovelware? Um, they they say that they're going to st- still keep out things like that are obviously trolling or hateful. Um, Why? Well, like, what was that one about, like, killing gay people or something like that? Um, oh, so hatred. Jesse Fat Cat in the chat, thanks for showing up. Yeah, uh, no, well, hatred, I don't think there was anything wrong with hatred. Uh, hatred. hatred was, like, the first. Hatred was a big story, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think it was the right to, to ban that game because it was a game good or not it was a game and they sure. and they made it with a message in mind it wasn't just fucking like a specific group of people that they didn't like and that's a game about killing those yeah. people whereas that one where it was like kill all the gays or uh, it was like i think it was kill i think it was called kill the fags i think it was what it was called uh, or something like that and that i think should be like, that's not a game that's just you being an asshole you know what i mean right in my opinion, maybe there are people who are very much more liberal with uh, that sort of thing. And of course, if you're talking freedom of speech, they have the right to make that game. They do. Um, but Steam doesn't need to let it on their thing. They can sell it on their own page if they want to sell it. You know. Uh, and of course, no matter what, the consumer always has a choice of to play the game or not. You know, you don't have to buy the game right, to play exactly. it. Uh, anyway. Back to my my concern is just the lack of curation, and it's always been a problem with Steam. This is this going to make it worse. What do you think? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading chat too. It's gonna uh, make it worse. Prep says, especially when your game is an ocean of said shovelware. Yeah. So, in reality, in a in a basic society and a community of people. If you let the community decide what is good and what is bad, typically, you know, the cream always rises to the top and those who and that's meant what, to do harm or evil will fall. And that's what Greenlight was, but then in they a gained typical, it. In a typical community, the problem is, is the gaming community is not a typical community. We're very emotional. We're very biased. We're very sexual. We are very uh, misogynistic. Uh, we are very hatred, a very hated community at the core of the community. And the, min- the minority speaks louder than the majority in this community. And we've seen it happen in the past with people downvoting uh, certain games for bullshit reasons that have nothing to do with the game or... To, like, boycott uh, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so the problem is, is in a typical community, it would be fine. It would take time, but the cream would rise to the top. With this... This will last six months and then Steam will change it because they will realize that their platform will become shit and 
other platforms like itch.io and humble bundle and gog will find that there is now an audience that is looking for a platform to play and purchase games in a community and they will double their efforts and then steam will start to lose visitors yeah the problem is that steam the fact that steam is like the hub for it's like the launcher that people use like it's like like if you if you compare it to a physical place, Steam is your bookshelf. You know what I mean. And right. like, it doesn't make sense to have all your books spread out around your house, right? Sure. So so you have your one favorite bookshelf, and that's where all the books are. Uh, and you have and, and you know ten years down the road, you just have like a thousand books on your bookshelf, your big ass bookshelf. Uh, and you're like, well, look at these other nice bookshelves I have. But that is such a pain in the ass to have all my books moved over to that bookshelf. And some don't even fit on that bookshelf. True, you know what I mean. And so, so that's the problem that that comes with that. That said, you can buy things like on Humble. It still gives you a Steam key, but Humble at least goes to charity and also um, gives a much bigger cut to uh, the devs than than Steam does. As right. as Jesse Fatcat says, Valve thinks they can make money off of it; they will do it. Yeah, um, and I mean, realistically. You know, if history is, is set to repeat itself, Steam won't be around for much longer. Like, you know, everybody know said that Friendster was going to be around forever and MySpace is going to be around forever or IBM or HP. Like, companies live and die and new companies come up. Will it be 10 years from now? Probably not. Will it be 20 years from now? Could be. I mean, Microsoft just announced that they were working on their own steaming platform or streaming platform. So, I mean, who's to say that a bigger company comes in Maybe not bigger, but a I'm more, better. not even better, just a more notable, notarized company throughout, you know, the general populace, which would be Microsoft, comes in and says, hey, we have this brand new console that runs completely on this brand new streaming platform. Come check it out. Everybody's free to join. Prep says he doesn't think video games are going to be around much longer with how things are going. Also a possibility. We could go back to fucking only playing games on floppy disks. I mean, who knows? I mean, anything could happen. Hey, I love board games. Years. I love tabletop stuff. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'd be all right with that. I've said multiple times I'd love to do a tabletop podcast. Uh, but hey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be up to us. It's not going to be up to them. And that's the, that's what I'm worried about. For the time being, I will say itch, Itch.io, uh, they curate to the point where... They uh, keep you know bullshit off of their platform, but they don't curate like there's a lot of games that are just like, meh, you know what I mean? They're not great uh, that you do have to wade through on Itch.io. Sure. That said, they you're they all the proceeds go to uh, the developers unless otherwise you know stated by said stated, developer. Yeah. Um, and they're good about doing like the whole tip jar thing, which I'm a yeah. big proponent for. And and then, like I said, Humble gives you that Steam key if you still want to keep stuff on Steam organized, mm-hmm. but still support the devs in that way and uh, not give your money to. Although I don't know how that works. Does does Humble still have to give a cut to Steam? I don't think so. Well, I, I think Humble buys the keys from Steam, uh, but at a discounted rate, obviously, and then they turn around and figure a way to turn a profit if i was doing it that that's how the way i would do it you would get with steam and say hey i'm telling you right now i'm gonna buy five thousand keys but as a developer you can generate keys on your own and just 
give them. I mean, I figured maybe that. Right, but Steam's still getting a cut when you sell one. So that money's still going to Steam. Well, I mean, like you could take you could take the 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 key and just give it to someone, and then there's no money involved outside of you know the money that well, you paid to have. Well, the developer still gets charged because Steam's still going to take their cut. I don't know if that's how that works. Anyway, well, maybe someone who has games on Steam, maybe someone who has games on Steam can uh, can can explain that further. Um, Tim went and do it a little bit a long time ago, but I don't really remember how that works. Anyway, uh, speaking of games that aren't shit, <laughs> this is your story. Oh, it's Cuphead. Yes. Why make a new game when you could release a DLC sequel? Cuphead returns next year. So is it is it actual DLC or is it a sequel? So it's, a, it's so they're calling it DLC because it's um, new levels, new bosses, and a new character, uh, the legendary Chalice, which is um, a female character. I thought she cool. I thought she was in like the um, the mausoleum. Like some of the venues. I thought she I she looked familiar to me too, but watching the E three conference, they were acting like it was a brand new character, so I have no idea. Like, like in the mausoleums, you have to fight off ghosts and to save her or something like that, and then she gives you these upgrades. So I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, but no, so I think that's great. I feel like they're appealing to the, you know, the console crowd, I guess you could say, because console gamers want sequels and DLC, and where in reality, I'm more interested of where this developer is going to go next because they've outside created... the IP. Well, they've created such a niche for themselves. You know what I mean? Like they, I mean they they absolutely did something that literally nobody has ever done before, and they were probably kicking themselves too of like, God, where do we go from here? And the well, logical think... answer is, well, let's just make a sequel or do DLC because that'll keep us going for another sixteen to twenty-four months. You know? Yeah. I don't blame them for that either. I mean, especially if people want more. Um, oh, I don't because because it, it's not. It's just a, I mean, because it's not like where do you go? I mean, you know, we always talk about doing DLC right, and you're not leaving out any of the game. This is just additional, just additional right. content. Uh, you know, almost like an expansion. Um, mm, I think if they were to, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think if they were to go with a different IP, like you said, they created a niche for themselves. So. I think they can stay within, like, kind of like how uh, the Behemoth does. You can tell it's a Behemoth game, but it's not the same game every time. You know what I mean? Castle Crashers, Battleblock Theater, sure. uh, um, Pit People, that sort of—they're all different games, but it's—they're all very much Behemoth games. And I think you could do the same kind of thing for. But it takes so long, though. Like, how long was the development of this game? Like, six years or seven years or something crazy Well, that like was a that? development hell issue. I think at this point with the funding that they have... I, I mean, by the way, I mean, outside of the game, they also have a shit ton of merchandise. I mean, you can buy shit like this oh, in Walmart. Oh, well, yeah. Why would you create a character that you couldn't merchandise? Uh, I mean, yeah. like, they're selling, they're selling plushies in Walmart. I was really tempted to buy one, actually. You should have. Uh, I wanted to, but it was like 12 bucks, so... What a uh, mug, man. Well, it was a uh, actually. I think it was like a, a a demon. No, it was that. Uh, it was that Fye. That's what it was. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, they always got stuff like that. It, it was the it was the it was it was the demon. It was Satan that they had a plushie of. And I didn't really want to like. <laughs> I didn't really want a Satan plushie. Uh, uh, it's just weird. He wants you to buy him. And honestly, I I feel like the the cup characters are more 
uh, visually appealing to put on a shelf than, yeah. than Satan is, just being all black. I mean, black. they're cute. They're cute characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're you know, well they designed. Color. I mean, it's... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. uh, looking forward to see what Cuphead has coming up next, and uh, call me. I met one of the animators at um, a Newgrounds party. And, oh, yeah? Uh, is Nancy Cart right there? <laughs> uh, she's here right now, actually. What, blowing you under the table? Well, I didn't say that. Anyway. <laughs> Just going to keep doing it. Uh, you know what we're going to do now? Yeah? Start the right. This week on Starting the Right, we're talking about Moonlighter by Digital Sun. So, uh, Moonlighter is very inspired by well I don't I'm not I'm not sure if it's officially inspired by but it definitely screams Binding of Isaac it's that mm. dungeon crawler type of game yes. where it's room by room fighting off enemies and going around traps and that sort of stuff um, however uh, the the main difference to this is that there's a light sim management aspect to this so the story goes is that there's this town that was built around this dungeon that was just suddenly appeared and opened up. And there are five doors, um, but no one's been able to get the fifth door open. Um, however, people go into these dungeons, they get the they get loot and stuff like that, to, uh, and they sell it to other people to make uh, armor, weapons, and other products, uh, which is why you have a storefront in this game, uh, which is where the sim management comes in. So you actually... You get this loot, you go as far as you can in the dungeon, take it back out, sell it at your store, and you have to like work with the economy, so if there's a high you know, supply and demand type of thing uh, that you have to work with, and uh, at the same time not trying to die in the dungeon. Um, there's a little bit of a roguelike element to it, like Binding of Isaac, you, you, know, you get as far as you can. Um, and you, use, you can also use the, the things that you get in the dungeon to... Um, basically, so how it works, you can like sell your stuff at the store, you get the money, and then you can use that money to upgrade either your store or also the town because the town's kind of fallen on hard times. Um, so you invest in like other businesses, like businesses that make armor, potions, weapons, things like that. Uh, and then you can use money to buy things from them to help you get further in the dungeon, get better stuff, and then you open up the next dungeon and so on and so forth until the ultimate goal is that your store is super successful, the town is built up, and you finally open that fifth door uh, and find out what's inside. Uh, and you're, you've actually have uh, acquired this store from your father or grandfather, I forget which one it is, um, who you slowly uncover you know, what happened to them because they disappeared in the dungeons at some point. Uh, as you go through the dungeon, you, f you find like uh, notes and stuff like that and clues as to what's going on, what happened uh, in the past and all that sort of stuff. It's a really, uh, it's a really good game. I, it's a lot. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the, the sim management aspect to it. I personally would, I, I, I prefer uh, the sim management aspect to be deeper but I think if you were to do that it would take away from the dungeon crawling it would just be too much I think um, like so, you wouldn't be able to balance one with the other yeah I don't I don't think that would work 
It's just that I tend to like that kind of genre over dungeon crawling. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Binding of Isaac. You know, not to not to shit on the game. I just I just have never been a huge fan of it. So uh, prep compares it to the Weaponographist, uh, which is a pretty good comparison as well. Um, they made uh, last year's IRX winner, the uh, Metronomicon. Ooh. Or not? The wait, is that the right thing? I don't know. I my mind's not working right now. Anyway, uh, what do you think? Good. No, this game's right up my alley. Yeah. It's, uh, pretty much everything. I love the. I dig this kind of art style where there's like no outlines, there's no borders. I love the animation. Yeah. Uh, it's a really smooth. Um, no, it just looks looks great. Looks like something I, it's on my wish list. 19.99 on Steam. There it is. 19.99 on Steam. There you go. Uh, and it's also available for uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Uh, it's on GOG, Humble Bundle, and a Windows 10 store. And I like, I, I do like the fact that too that it's uh, got more of a, a story element to it. And there is obviously a story in Binding of Isaac, and which is what I'm going to constantly compare it to. But uh, it's it's more. It's weak. It, it's it's like a it's, it's a weak story, and it's made to yeah. just be weird, simply to be weird. Yeah, it's to create um, fan fiction and lore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas this, there's there's an actual story there, and uh, I don't know, everything about it is really nice. I appreciated it a lot. So, good job, Digital, Digital Sun, and uh, I hope good to see more. Good for you, Digital good. Sun. By the way, oh, one more thing, the the controls in this game, uh, spot on. I really good. really like the. Uh, there's like it's a rare. There's a good dodge mechanic. The the only thing, and it's probably me, and not the game is uh directions like like the if i want to dodge in a certain direction like i'll a lot of times dodge and not in the right direction ouch um but it might be me because I, I i'm using a gamepad which is highly recommended you can use a controller but the gamepad is probably best and uh i maybe it's just my 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 uh analog stick or something like that maybe i'm like Going in a diagonal direction when uh, you can't or go like diagonal. The dead zones off or something. Yeah, 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 like something like yeah. that. I don't. It might be me though. I'm not. I'm not I would sure. Blame so, you. Would yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Moonlighter by Digital Sun. Go check it out. Perfect. And uh, you know what? Uh, you should check out now. We're gonna hop on that raft. <gasps> in Peep Show. Please give all your attention to early access. This week on Peep Show, we're talking about a game that we've actually already featured on the show in a free fun segment, but it's been fully developed, or going to be fully developed, I should say, as it's an early access called Raft by Red Beat Interactive. Uh, so yeah, we, we talked about this on free fun a long time ago, uh, back when it was just a, a free game on, on itch.io. Uh, it was pretty shallow mechanic wise, not to be, not get to, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since they've released an early access because it got a huge, um, following, I guess it might be the right term for it's terrifying. 
on uh, on YouTube. A lot of people were playing it. A lot of big YouTubers and uh, got a lot of popularity there. And it is kind of terrifying because you're stuck on an ocean and uh, there's just a rat. There's a shark constantly stalking your raft. Uh, I actually think that the shark currently is a little uh, hyper aggressive for my liking, uh, and that's not just me being afraid of you know being eaten. Okay. It's just like you can't even like dip a toe in the water, and that shit's like on you. Um, but the, since they've since they've put it like started developing it more uh, and putting it into early access, they've added so so much to this game. Not only does it look better. But you can play, first of all, you can play multiplayer. Uh, so you can survive together. Um, for, oh, I should explain what the game is. So in Raft, you are on a raft, obviously. And you are in this, basically, what is like the trash lane of the ocean. Uh, and all this trash is just flowing towards you. And you collect that trash to create more pieces of your raft to create upgrades, things like uh, a water distiller, or a, a grill to eat um, potatoes that you find floating around in, in like barrels and stuff. Uh, beets. By the way, there are red beets in this game. Red beet interactive. <laughs> um, I get it. You can also fish. You can eat the seagulls. You can eat the shark if you kill it. Uh, eventually, one of the things they added is that you can... Uh, it's called a seagull trap, but it's basically a nest that attract seagulls and they lay eggs in it and then you can eat their eggs uh, or you can just try and kill the seagulls um, and uh, I don't know it's just they they added so much to it first of all there's islands now uh, you can uh, there's like on the islands there's you can dive into the water you're seeing in the gameplay and, and collect uh, metal ore and sand and clay and things like that Seaweed. There's so much more to craft. Um, they added. They added a story. Uh, apparently, there's a thing. There's a city that you're trying to look for called Utopia, that is like a giant floating city. Um, because there is lore to this game, which I don't really want to spoil it because it's something that you discover as you're playing. But right. uh, you you end up finding these these places that kind of delve into that what's going on in this universe uh, a little bit and uh, you know you'll find it out from there uh, what do you think nah, this game is not for me really <laughs> it's just giving me anxiety just watching the trailer you don't like the ocean watching the gameplay well it's just the idea of like I mean it's castaway right it's Tom Hanks castaway where when he's on the raft yeah. yeah like you you go out in the ocean just to pick some stuff up and then you come back to the surface and you look and your fucking boat's gone like I don't want to play that I don't want to live that life now you can't you can't <laughs> You can't have... And, by the way, and that can happen, by the way. If you don't anchor your boat uh, and you hop off of it, it will float away. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Like it's good again. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you can't have a bloody volleyball. However, I think when you're fishing, there are like little Easter egg type things that you can like end up bringing back up with your fishing pole. Mm. Um, like there's a... The, the developer... Or the the publisher of this game developed scrap mechanic, um, so you can like one of the Easter eggs that you can fish up is like a a, a little duck. It's like from the logo of Scrap Mechanic, mm. and it's just there for decoration. But you can have something like that, and that could be like your Wilson. 
Or you can just talk to the shark the entire time because that shit's not going away. No, I would be the person talking to myself. So it's like just rocking yourself. It's even worse. It's even worse. And it, you can, like I said, you can kill the shark, but uh, it does respawn uh, after right. like a couple. As minutes. sharks do. Yes, that's, that's how sharks that's work. A shark. That's just a shark trait. <laughs> we um, talk about on Shark Week every year. I think there's a little bit of balancing that still needs to happen throughout the early access, and of course they're going to add. Uh, you know, more and more content crafting things and stuff to, you know, harvest and all that sort of things. The the cool thing about this is is that you can build the raft to, like, craziness. Like, you can make it your own little tower if you wanted it to, just floating, floating fortress uh, if you are able to get enough resources. There is actually a creative mode. Uh, where you can just go in and just fuck around. Like I've seen, I've seen gameplay where people are doing creative mode and they've made like massive castles, floating wooden castles, just nice. you know, just for the hell of it. Yeah. And you can make it pretty cool. And you know, as you go on, you, there are aesthetic things that you can craft. Like I mean, like carpets. You can when you kill a shark, you the shark head as a trophy, and you can end up mounting it on a wall and. Um, you can make these things like multiple stories high. You you can plant palm trees in in large planters after you research them in your in your research table. Just crazy the amount of content. That you picked up floating over the ocean. But you have to craft a research table. Right. But yeah, uh, there are a lot of random things floating in the ocean. But it makes sense once you once you uh, catch wind of the story. Yeah. That you know once you get to that point. Um, so yeah, super fun, and uh, I'm really excited to see where they go with it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I remember saying when we covered it in Free Fun, like I really hope they continue with this because there's so much potential, and uh, you know it seems like they're they're reaching that. So, uh, how much is it, Eric? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Josh. It is on sale currently for 19.99. And uh, lastly, our new tradition here on Indie Game Riot is to find uh, a fantastic comment from the Steam community uh, on the game, a fantastic review. As Which uh, just goes back to what we were saying about Steam earlier. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, why don't you enlighten us with someone's oh, uh, quality Josh, review? I would love to. This comes from the, the, the widely known uh, Steam user Firebeard. FB oh, if Firebeard. Wow. The next Yahtzee Crow Show. FB if you're nasty. Um, not recommended. 8.7 hours on record. There's not much to say about this game. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that. There's not much to say about to say this game. Good concept, but the, the execution so far is nothing amazing. You have a vast ocean that's filled with little to nothing above and below the water. You gather resources to build up your raft. All in all, your playthrough of this game is finished in six to eight hours. I don't want to spoil the end game for you, but yeah, it's lackluster. I wasn't moved. I understand it's early access, but there's simply no content here yet to justify the price. If it was less than $7, I could potentially Seven. recommend it, but there's really not much to see here. I hope they build to improve it and flesh out the game. Seven dollars? Less than seven dollars. Who am I to question the uh, magnificent mind of Firebeard? 
I agree. Um, he also does not recommend DayZ, although he's got 224 hours on record. Um, and he doesn't recommend called something called I Playgrounds. What is this? <laughs> oh, it's just Playgrounds. The I, the image was so small. The I, it's actually the NBA logo, <laughs> but it was so small. It looked oh, like NBA I. Playgrounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm. I know of the game. Uh, also, not recommended. 1.5 hours on record, and that's it. One point. Well, how? Wait. One point five hours on record, but he he's he knows that it it's an eight hour game. No, no, no. Sorry. So he played. Oh, for NBA Playgrounds for eight and a eight point seven hours. Gotcha. Uh, NBA Playgrounds. He only played for one point five. Day Z. He played for two hundred and twenty four hours. Oh, that. <laughs> he not plays Day Z, so you know he knows his games. Not recommended. You know he knows his game. <laughs> Not recommended after 200 hours, huh? Yep. Okay. Sure. Mad lad. There you go. All right, man. Well, thank you, Firebeard, for uh, being be a, a, a beacon of the community in Steam. Uh, someone tweet <laughs> at Firebeard. I wish you could. I wish you could ha- know people's Twitter addresses. Uh, yeah, I thought there was like a. I thought you could like click on their name and then maybe on their profile. So I did that, and it just brings me to... You can message him on Steam. You have to add him as a friend first. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Um, <sighs> I mean, that's, that's part of the fun, though. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Go. So many games on Steam Early Access never get finished. That's true, but I think we tend... I mean, we've we've had games that we've talked about in early access not get finished uh, there was like sure. this dinosaur one I forget what it was called now but that never got finished but color dinosaur um, I think we have a pretty good track record of determining uh, early access games that that will get finished um, just based on their previous history um, also current situation I think raft is is developing at a very steady clip. Um, you know, constant updates and, and, you know, there's no sign of them, uh, petering out and also uh, scrap mechanic, uh, devs, um, are pretty, they have, they themselves have pretty, pretty good track record. So I think, um, the fact that they're involved helps tremendously. Sure. Um, of course that's never, never, never 100%, uh, right. sure thing, but uh, I think it's a good, very good chance that it'll, um, you know, be fine. So, anyway, Raft by Redbeat Interactive. Uh, go check it out today. Boom. You know what else we should check out? The free stuff. Free fun! This week on Free Fun, we're covering a game that was on the most recent adventure game jam on Game Jolt called Claude and the Phantom. Um, first of all, I'd like to point out, before we get into this game, that uh, our very own Vance, a.k.a. Holly Gaborn, who does Indie Fireside and is often here in chat, uh, entered the, the game jam as well with the, a game that Eric and I voiced in. Uh, you should go check that out. It's a very uh, cross... Um, God damn it. Yeah. Oh, I can't ever think of the second word. I don't know what you're trying to say. The name of the game that we voiced in. Cross purposes. Thank you. Cross purposes. Um, I was like, cross potential? That doesn't make any sense. 
cross, cross purposes. Uh, it's actually really good. It's a really cool concept that you can. Uh, it's supposed to be played. It's an adventure game played multiplayer, three different players. Uh, yep. You can play it single player, however. Anyway, really cool, but we're not going to feature it fully because uh, biasness. Biasness is that a word? We're biased. Anyway, on to Claude and the Phantom, which was also part of that game jam. Really cool art style. I'm impressed with the amount of drawing. I mean, they probably have a pretty strong uh, artistic skills in the first place. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's impressive how, how detailed the uh, backgrounds and everything are in this game. It's really cute, too. Um, the idea of the game is that you are a man who purchased a painting that uh, happens to be possessed by the ghost of a cat. As uh, you know, one tends as, to be. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he Claude, the man. He runs a, an antique shop, and uh, when he when he gets that painting uh, haunted by said cat, um, he's tr the whole point of the game is you know trying to exercise that cat out of the painting, so you can, can you pet the cat. Have peace and quiet, maybe. I don't know. Have you tried? No, I'm a big. Pro I've got the game downloaded though. Right. I'm a big proponent of if there are animals in a video game, I should be able to pet them. Just throwing that out there. Uh, zero out of ten on your game, unless you can pet the cats. Yep. From now on. Press uh, F. To pet you the should. Cat. You should uh, put that in a Steam review next time there's an animal game on Steam that you play. Zero out of ten will not allow me to pet cat. Not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> Three hundred and fifty <laughs> hours on record. Uh, so this in uh, the adventure game jam in general uh, was a really had a really uh, good uh, output of quality stuff. I was I was very impressed. The point and click community is such a dedicated community, and there's some really great tools out there that you can kind of mm -hmm. to to make these games. Little to no programming. It's just it's, it's a it's a good way to get involved in game dev if you're not experienced. And to be able to tell great stories with not yeah. a lot of, and it, and I don't want to say that to say like uh, making adventure games is easy because it's not. There's you have to be a really good uh, designer of the game, uh, you know, with puzzles and things like that. There's a lot involved, and you still have to learn coding at some point. Sure, um, you know, to get the things you know in order to make it good, I should say, uh, instead of like some sort of stock game, uh, you know, based off of you know assets from. That are free. Steam. Um, Unity. Unity SS. Yeah, basically. Uh, I actually don't know what they use for this game. Does he say in here? I don't probably know. Oh, I didn't read any of them. Um, but anyway, yeah. Claude and the Phantom. Go Very check cool. it out today for free on Game Jolt. Of course, links are in the description for all these things. Of course. Uh, of course. Did you know? It's the end of the show. It is. Mo. Tho show. Tho. <laughs> All right. It doesn't say. Uh, about art style. That's fine. If you enjoy what we do here on Indie Game Riot and would like to help us out, uh, you can do so uh, financially. It would help keep the show running and potentially expand it uh, and to do bigger and better things. We have a patreon.com slash Indie Game Riot. You can go do that monthly or you can also uh, here on Twitch. If you watch live, uh, if you have a Twitch Prime account, 
you get one free subscription every month. Zero money out of your pocket if you have that account. And you can give it to us and support us. That's $5 a month um, that we could use to put towards the game. There you go. So thank you uh, for, for You're that welcome. consideration. Otherwise, uh, other ways that you can help us out is by sending us news and games that we should check out, people to interview, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can do that at IndieGameRiot or at IndieGameRiot on Twitter or Facebook.com slash IndieGameRiot. And of course, emailing us, contact at IndieGameRiot.com. Send me your hate mail. Send all hate mail to Eric at IndieGameRiot.com. Uh, he talks shit on Star Wars. He talks shit on Steam reviews. Oh, I can talk he shit talks all shit day. on games. He talks shit on E3. He talks shit on his own mother. That's not true. I love my mama. <laughs> so send all your hate mail to him. That's great. I love you, mama. I hope it happens. Except for death threats. That's just we'll shit. talk about it the next time. All right, on the next episode. I get any please, hate please. Uh, anyway, any uh, last words? Good last word. Good. Yeah. Uh, fuck E3. What? For being shitty. Except for it's the parts that weren't not shitty. not very good. Let's make it shitty. It's just not very good. Okay, fuck EA for being shitty. Man, you just... What do they ever do to you? <laughs> Don't you like FIFA? No, not a FIFA fan? Actually, I do. I have the game. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the games where, like, FIFA is going to be available in September. And like no applause, and they're like, "Well, it's because it's like you can play it for free right now. You can download it on PlayStation Store and play it for free right now." <laughs> well, I mean, well, people, like it's not an exciting announcement because their sports games come out every fucking year. Like, no, of I course know. it is. I know, uh, but uh, I mean, they it's don't know that. Though. It's all right. I, I like it. Anyway, I like. It. I don't even fully understand soccer, but the video game is fun. That's why I play it. <laughs> I don't fully understand the rules. Anyway, uh, say goodbyes. Goodbye. Toodles. <laughs>